coming up. What an excellent day for ascending. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 104 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Marin saying, We may ask what is relevant, but anything beyond that is dangerous. And it ends with Chris looking up at Father Marin right outside Reagan's room. Yes, folks, this is it. The exorcism is about to begin. I always knew we would get here eventually. And now that we're here, I i don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like Dimmy. I feel less prepared than I thought I'd be. <laughs> this is it, folks. This is the part of the movie. Beyond that door is the climax of this film. And yeah, we haven't gone in there yet. And yes, once we do, we still got a battle to fight. But this minute really drove it home for me. We are at the end of the road here, folks. This is it. And every second of this minute is preparing us for that. There is not a frame wasted, nor a line spoken that doesn't give us chills. So let's take a look now. Let's get back to the top of this minute. We have cut from Damien hurrying down those steps of Georgetown U, and now we are back in the house, in the library. Yes, I know it's Daddy's room, but I, I can't make jokes now. This this the scene is just too good. Uh, so we got to get our jokes out uh, right now, right? So it's, it's Daddy's yeah, yeah, room. No, it's Daddy's room. It's, uh, it's, uh, Daddy's it's, candy. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, oh, there's Truy. He's he's seen some shit, and now he's a photo. <laughs> Where are all the books? Yeah. For Daddy's room, we got ships everywhere. Yeah. Scotch patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> wood paneling right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but actually uh, two two chuckleheads doing a podcast <laughs> five star rating five star rating, five star rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but no we, we see books in this uh in this, in this i minute. know i yeah. was surprised when we finally saw right? books. there are books in this place <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay so, um so so in this minute keenan we have walked in on these two priests, these two heroes, and we are struck dumb. And all the listeners said, thank God. <laughs> so you mean struck dumb like we can't say anything. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm serious. Like, much like the other characters in Marin's presence, I am reduced to childlike wonder and awe at this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's have a look. So, yes, we open and they are in the study, in the library. Um, I think in the book, that is where they have set up a makeshift bedroom for for Marin. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, we are shooting into a corner and the center of the frame is lit up by a lamp on the the little corner desk. Keenan, this is an angle, a shade, a color, and a feeling that we have never felt in this room before like we we almost might not even notice it's daddy's room right? agreed. yeah absolutely yeah we might we might think it's like a new room that we haven't seen and yeah that's because of how this shot is laid out folks but diegetically i like to think that's because of Marin and what he brings to the scene we see these two men are preparing for battle right they are they're now in the process of gathering the holy items and putting on the holy vestments we see both men are already wearing their cassocks uh Marin says we may ask what is relevant but anything beyond that is dangerous 
Right? Now, folks, this is a continuation from last week. Marin began this warning by saying, especially important is the warning to avoid conversation with the demon. And so now we got the second part of that. Uh, we cut, and now we got a medium shot of Damien as he is putting a uh, sweater on over his cassock, immediately reminding us of where they are about to go. We figure Marin has already put one on, or he just doesn't care. Um, That's what I get. I think he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, in the back, listening to this, we got uh, two presidents, photos on the wall. Um <laughs> We got Truy on the bottom, and uh, above him we got, uh, I think that's Nixon? Yeah. And they are, they are looking over Demi's shoulder as Marin speaks. Um, Marin says, he's a liar. The demon is a liar. And in a less serious minute, folks, I would have had Nixon uh, you know, get offended, and he'd, he'd quickly realize that Marin is talking about Captain Howdy. Right? So, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh. He's a crook. The demon is a crook. You won't have the demon to kick around anymore. <laughs> well, I always love a Nixon impression, so I wasn't going to stop you, but that is not Nixon. It's LBJ. Sorry. Ow. <laughs> but I don't do a very good LBJ impression, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying that my impression sounded more like LBJ. No, no, no. The picture is. No, the no. Big... Your picture is great. No, your impression is great. Yeah. Okay. 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 The picture yeah. is LBJ. Ah, well. <laughs> Why couldn't it be Nixon? Oh, uh, come back, Richard Nixon. We need you so. <laughs> <laughs> Let our cries come unto thee. <laughs> Richard Milhouse Nixon. <laughs> Wait, really? That's his real. Oh yeah, that's his real name. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, wow. Now, it's a heavy scene. Heavy scene. Heavy scene. <laughs> my seduced. mom says I'm not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but okay. Like, guys, I want to stay on this line. The demon is a liar, right? Mm -hmm. It's so. Obvious, of course, demons right. are synonymous with lies, right? The father of lies and all that. But just the way that Marin is delivering it with this mm -hmm. like condemnation in his voice, with this weight and this gravity, and also a little bit of fear, mm -hmm. it makes you feel like this is the first time hearing that concept. He says it, mm -hmm. and it feels like this is like new information to us. Well, right. I think well, it's new information to us. Yeah, again, like mm. Damien, Damien has heard this before. Yeah, but we don't, we don't tell the audience that, you know, because uh, mm. so for Damien, as we're like seeing this through his eyes and ears, right, it feels new to us. But mm -hmm. uh, for him, it's like, oh yeah, now this is real, right? It's one right. thing to read like the demon is a liar. Don't have a conversation with it, and it's another thing when you are, you know going up uh, to see it for perhaps the last time and try to right, chase it right. out of there. Right. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you know, Lester, when the oxygen mask comes down in the airplane, you know, you're supposed uh -huh. to put on your own mask before you help those who need help around you. Right. Of course. I'm yeah. sure it's all a very completely different thing <laughs> when the oxygen mask come down. And you're like, oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do yeah. I do? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, I, you know, I, I think they have to keep saying that because I think your first instinct as a, as a parent would be to put on your child's oxygen mask first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Which, which is going to jeopardize both of you. All right. 
The reason it's constantly being hammered home that the demon is a liar. <laughs> is a liar, right. <laughs> is because he's been he's been tricking us up to this point. <laughs> right. He's, he's really good at it. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. You know, like the Silence of the Lambs is obviously a lot later than this, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The movie's 91 and the book is a couple years before that, right? Yeah. But um but in in that one, we we which is so similar to this this uh, relationship here, where we're going to question the demon, you know, in the right. middle of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that one, I don't know. We don't we don't get that repeated either. Like, don't trust him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't trust Animal. Like, because yeah. their whole point is that Clarice is trying to go in there and get information from him. So right, right. So we don't have this warning about like the demon, you know, or Hannibal Lecter being a liar. But don't we have like um, we have a sort of like a prepping of. Clarice Starling before she meets him where yeah, it's like, you big know, time. don't like, hand don't, him anything with metal, right? right? Don't approach the glass, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so we get the idea that like he's dangerous and he's mm. wily and he can, you know, like, like even with like a little paperclip or something like that, he can like, you know, flay you alive or something. Right. But, Spoilers, but yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a, Hannibal Lecter is MacGyver, but <laughs> but scary. He's he's evil MacGyver. Yeah, what he can do with a paperclip or a staple, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what, what Captain Howdy can do, apparently, with a turn of phrase. <laughs> well, even though his turn of phrase is just essentially, your mom. And he goes, yeah. no, my mom, no. Wait, who sucks cocks in hell? No, <laughs> no. Of all the people that I would that I would feel bad about sucking cocks in hell, that's like the worst one. How did you know, Captain Howdy? In oh. hell, they suck Chuck Norris's cock. Yes. <laughs> all of hell, the place, hell. <laughs> Is just a sleeve. <laughs> All right. Anyways, demon's a liar. Demon's a liar. Very serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So now we cut, and we have a medium shot of Marin. We are looking up at him as he continues to prepare. Right. He says he will lie to confuse us, but he will also. Mix lies with the truth to attack us. And so while he's doing this, he's he's got all this little business, right? Mm-hmm. First thing he does, he puts on his glasses. And after this, uh, he reaches down and he uh, picks up his coat and he begins to put it on. And I really love how his speech is uh, like broken up uh, as he uh, puts on his armor. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that is a hard thing to do. Harder than people think uh, to be saying lines while doing some other business uh, mm-hmm. for the camera or on the stage, right? I think we talked about this in a, in previous minutes, but like you're trying to make it look like this is the first time that you have said these words mm-hmm. and done this little bit of business. And if you're like searching for something or fiddling with something and you take too long <laughs> or like you finish too early, like mm-hmm. that's that's always my big fear is, is that I will like find the black button in the jumble of buttons or like I'll have a scene where I'm like flustered and I'm and I'm running late and I'm supposed to be struggling with like like to button my shirt. But for some reason, like never <laughs> happens in real life, but like the shirt is just like magically buttoned in seconds without any trouble <laughs> i did go on stage once with my with my actual glasses um instead of uh 
not go. My character didn't have glasses. Oh, hmm. and that embarrassed the hell out of me. But you know, nobody hmm. notices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was back there watching the show on the monitor and just enjoying. And they're like, "Oh God, I'm in this show." <laughs> I had to run out there. And <laughs> but yeah, Marin has these glasses that have the wire um, ear rim things where he has to bend his uh, the glasses around his ear. Yeah, yeah. I've never had those. I wonder if that's. It looks the movies make it look comfortable, but I guess yeah. the reason they don't have those anymore is because that's very not comfortable. It's you like... know what though? Like I'm 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 in the studio right now, and mm-hmm. every time I look down, these damn new glasses, <laughs> which which you know help me to see, and I'm right. like 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 praise the Lord for that. But like every time I look down, they slip off my mm. nose, <laughs> and I could really use some of Marin's little like yeah. grabby uh, you know ear pieces. Yeah, the ones that give give your ears a little hug. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this is like like you know another like kind of like old timey thing you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah man's costume yeah yeah I think it is old timey but I, yeah I wonder why they fell out of favor because they must just cut the shit out of your ears probably back, yeah right? we're joking about them being comfortable they're probably not right right I, I don't know because I've only ever had plasticky ones but yeah yeah any but... any more stuff that you put on your face it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to strap the world onto your face mm-hmm. so you could you could live. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. If if we lived in the way the, the jungle, like the the alpha male people on the internet say that we should, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't see three feet in front of me. So, no. <laughs> no. after the age of fifteen, I would have just been eaten by a panther. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we're also and you know looking- what? and you know what, Keenan. Mm-hmm. So would those? Uh, so would all those alpha males? Out there. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> if they wear contact lenses, they would yeah. die out in the wild. Other, other, others like, oh, we gotta go out and do this. Yeah. <laughs> Without a jacket. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah push-ups aren't gonna get you food. I don't care how many you can do. Oh, yeah, what is this? What is this? You're, 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 um, you're negging the rabbit. <laughs> Finding little little uh, you know insecurities about it, and right. eventually you'll you'll be able to like skin it and uh, yeah, the rabbit goes up to the little snare you've got attached to the bush that you've changed over, and uh-huh. it spots you, yeah. and you just go ill, <laughs> and it's like ill, no, oh, I'm not ill. Okay, I'm yeah. going to the snare. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make you eat me. All right, all right. And then you know, if the rabbit like sees the snare and he's a little mm-hmm. bit too smart for it, right? Then you know, he hops away, and you just hear, you know, slut. Because <laughs> that's right. what it, that's we're making a joke about the alpha males, folks. Yes, yes, yes. We would never say that. No. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you can't find protein powder in a cave. No. <laughs> I don't know where you'd find it. Yeah. At, at the banks of the river, you're going to find nah. some. I'd be all done. I'd some be. Creatine, yeah. yeah. I have to eat three to six meals a day. <laughs> After oh. one gram of protein per every pound of body weight. <laughs> That'll eventually become easy. One gram. <laughs> yeah, if you could find the protein, the protein powder source. Well, no, I mean, it, like it, you know, as I waste away is what I'm right, saying. Right, right. One gram of protein for every pound of body weight, and it yes. just works that way. But th- that's yeah. a metric and a and a um, yeah, whatever. No, 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 no. This is bro science. This is absolutely. There's nothing. <laughs> no, this is. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. 
saying you should do this. Uh-huh. Um, but it is one of those things that like, as I was uh, kind of like discovering the world of, uh, mm-hmm. of fitness, yeah. it was uh, one of those things that was said to me. Um, no, that's just, I'm sure it works. I'm not going to doubt yeah. it, but that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Imperial and metric, but mm-hmm. that's yeah. bro science for you, yeah. mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it helps, sometimes uh, more often than not, it doesn't. (laughs) But sometimes it helps, but alpha males don't need help. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We don't ask for help. (laughs) So getting back to Father Marin, uh, Uh yeah, I think one of the reasons that this room looks so different and... um, is because, you know, not only are we shooting into a corner we haven't seen before, like we right. were doing in the living room, we got to see that big window uh, overlooking yeah. the town. Um, here, we're looking up at uh, at Marin, so we see a lot of the ceiling, which I don't yeah. think we've seen in Daddy's room as much. No, right? I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, we're usually making them look small. And even, again, like, when Chris takes over Daddy's room, becomes Daddy temporarily, like, right. um, I don't think we're quite looking like this, like, up and, and empowering her um, by looking at her on the Y-axis and seeing all right. the ceiling. Yeah. The power she gets is uh, like we put her behind that desk, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's daddy's desk now. Yeah. But yeah, so Marin is still speaking, but we have cut to upstairs, speaking of Chris, mm-hmm. um, in Chris's room as Marin says, the attack is psychological, Damien, and powerful. Again, we're shooting into a corner in Chris's room, and mm-hmm. Chris is sitting in the demon throne from way back in the hypnotism scene. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, listen to uh, that episode, folks. That's the one where uh, Reagan is being hypnotized and they are all in that room and Reagan slash Captain Howdy is sitting in that exact chair. And because Reagan is smaller and also just like the way that Captain Howdy has her sitting, it looks almost like she's sitting on a throne mm-hmm. and you got mom and the hypnotist and Dr. Klein and they're all like attending to her. Like we said, it looks like, like the hall of the demon king right? and they and they were like all her subjects right um but yeah so now chris is in that chair it doesn't look so big and throne like with her in it um right also from previous minutes she has brought out that needle point that she was working on in uh dr klein's waiting room mm-hmm. right? remember that remember on that episode like we speculated that it might be like a mother-daughter project with reagan having drawn the giraffe and now mom is filling it in with the needle point mm-hmm. um and yes if you if you go back and look at it i think it's minute 33 it actually does look like she is further along now in this minute, in right. minute 104. Um, but right now, just at this moment, she is not working on it. She is sitting there, and now, without the presence of those two priests, when she is alone, she looks old. Mm-hmm. Um, even older than before. This is the oldest we have seen her in the movie. I don't know right. if it's the lighting or what, but she looks old and sad. She is possibly contemplating death again. Remember in the book, she was obsessed with the idea of death and the void and what it means to stop existing. But back then, that was in the beginning of the book, she was thinking about it in terms of herself. Mm-hmm. In the book, it also tells us uh, that uh, before Reagan, she had lost a child. And she might be sitting here now facing the possibility that she might lose this one. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I do not know why she is doing that needlepoint. That seems like the absolute worst thing that she could be doing right now. <laughs> um, but I don't know, Keenan. Like, like, is it is it too early to think that she might be thinking about death, might be thinking, you know, that this might not work? Because, like, when she opened the door, 
she looked so hopeful. And nothing has 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 happened yet to like shake her hope yet. You know? But now there's nothing left for her to do, right? Except yeah. to, you know, think positive thoughts. She doesn't pray, so right, you know, whatever right. that means to her. And yeah, she takes out her needle point and she has um a little similar to that shot where we had of Sharon alone at her little workstation, right? right. And, and she's tr- like, she has everything there to do work, but she can't do it. And right. Chris has the needle in her hand in one hand and the um, and she has the guide in the other hand underneath mm-hmm. the, the little uh, fabric and she just can't do yeah. any of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. is it too early to think she might be thinking about death? I mean, I'm not a parent. You're not a parent. Mm. As I don't, I don't really understand how parents aren't just, paralyzed with a fear 24 hours a day about something terrible happening to their I I feel the exact same way I just like and especially now like oh man like like you know getting older and and just like kind of noticing stuff on the news right Mm -hmm. and of course always just noticing the bad stuff I'm you know like like just recently like a a kidnapping case like popped Mm -hmm. up on my on my for you page on the tiktok and it just like you go you you cut to the family and they are destroyed they are beside mm-hmm. themselves with grief and i'm and i'm just like how yeah like like any parent like if like parents let us know like every time your kid goes to school are mm-hmm. you are are you just like like is this it? it like like i can't i can't you know i i say i want kids one day but like mm-hmm. i just like that's such a such a big fear like how right. how are you not like always thinking about it so i guess yeah keenan you're right like like she's she's probably thinking about it all the time yeah especially if if we use the backstory from the book right and she's lost right. a child again um you know before she had reagan like yeah i don't know how you separate those things and you know yeah. that is the bravery of having kids again i'm, I'm not going to have kids and, mm. and yeah i just can't quite understand it but yeah like you have to you have to let them go every single day to school and send them to college and all this you know terrible stuff and and yeah. almost always they're going to be okay like yeah like, yeah almost always but you know you're just terrified all the time so the now right. yeah they're gonna go and do your kid's gonna go into an operation you know, that's, that's heightened that right and now right, that's what this is yeah yeah now yeah now this is is that but to the extreme right metaphorically right, right? yeah right. The, your, your daughter's gonna go upstairs they're gonna have an exorcism and it could take an hour or it could take months it, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know if they prepped her on that that sometimes exorcism takes months but in the book um there there is a little exchange between um her and Karis mm-hmm. um and I don't I like I'm trying to remember now I don't think he lets that much out. Right. We've been told that by Father Michael uh, or Father uh, Tom to Father Michael saying that, Mm -hmm. yeah, the last time that uh, Marin did an exorcism, it it took months and almost killed him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this could be done in an hour. It could be done in months. Reagan Mm -hmm. might not make it. You know, who who knows? Or um, Reagan might kill the priest. I'm sure that's going through yeah. her heads as well because mm-hmm. she sees, you know, Reagan is having killed Burke. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of like, you know, uh, piggyback off the, mm-hmm. off the, off the operation, um, uh, 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 comparison. It's like, it's like, it's an operation where there's like, there's, there's really only two things that could happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if it's, if, if, if the operation doesn't like, well, you know, we tried to, you know, remove the mole, but it didn't mm-hmm. work. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You can go home now. Right. Like that's not going to happen. Like <laughs> they remove the mole or 
like the patient dies. We tried to remove the mole and it didn't work. And she killed one of the scrub nurses. Yes. <laughs> right. So like that, that that's going on here. right? Mm-hmm. And then jumped on the other one's back and they both <laughs> jumped out the window. Right. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Yeah. That's carrot top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surfing, surfing the priest down the stairs. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so uh, uh we cut from this scene and we are now in the upstairs hall, low to the ground, just outside Reagan's room. We are moving closer and closer to that door as Marin continues speaking. He's been speaking this whole time, and he says, So don't listen. Remember that. Do not listen. And again, we were talking before about the uh, the benefits of having like all of these rules, all of these um, like like be careful of mm-hmm. this and that. Like watch out for on, Sharon. Watch out for Sharon, of course. <laughs> right, right. They didn't listen to that. Um, <laughs> but no, like like having having all these like like spooky warnings at the mm-hmm. top of the movie or at the uh, at near the end. Right. And I really really like that this is it, that uh, we put that in right here. Right, mm-hmm. we're we're inching closer to the door and he's he's saying do not listen it's like it's about to go down and that's one thing it's like like okay hold on to that don't listen to whatever the demon says Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so um and also i really like that we are getting shots of this house that we have come to know so well we're seeing rooms and areas that we've been in multiple times Mm -hmm. but we're seeing them with like new angles and new lighting right. uh, to signify a new final act. And also like probably just to kind of like discombobulate us. It's like, yeah. wait, 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 where are we? Oh, oh, this is the library. Oh, to this is the, alienate you know. us. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, cause how do you, how do you, how, how, how do they scare you with a haunted house that you've, you've been living in for a while. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So it has to be, it has to be new angles, new lighting and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there is this piece of advice about screenwriting that I think is really useful. I don't use it no. as much as I probably should. But the idea that if you're writing a script, um, that your character should never go to the same location twice. Huh. And the, the idea of that, right? Like, oh, huh, how do we do that? The idea of that is that it's constantly moving forward, right? We're not like mm. um, lounging around that the way to visually help out the idea of the character growing is yeah. that they're, they're not going to go back. To, and you see this like in student films, the kind that we used to make, right? Uh-huh. Uh, there are student films that I see with my students, right? Like, okay, here's a scene, it's dramatic. And then we go back to the house and play video games and talk about that scene. And then and that's mm. sort of the pattern over and over again. And right. so it's sort of visually and then also dramatically doesn't have that forward momentum. Right. So I love what you're saying here too, because I was I was noticing a little bit of that as well. Like like we've been in this house so much, we got familiar with this house, but we've held back on you know doing a 360 of every room to show you that. Like we've been very specific right. in our coverage, so that when we get new coverage here as things progress, it doesn't feel like we're going to the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The Mary Joe solves- couch, mm. right? Like we've right. seen the Mary Joe couch, but we have we see it completely differently when Father Marin is in it. Yes. And so every oh, I love that. Yeah, and that's and that perfectly solves the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. if if we're to adhere to that, like never go to the same place twice, mm-hmm. like how do we do that? Like we're stuck in this house. We we 
like show them different parts of the rooms that we've already been in. We light it a little bit differently right. and now it feels like we're in a different place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah, so so like all of these all of these uh these new angles, these new shots, right? Um and and this little section right here where we are like zooming in on the door from mm-hmm. this angle made me think of a line in the book. Um Blatty says there was a strangeness in the house, like settling stillness, weighted dust. And I went back and I checked um, to see if he was talking about like this moment right mm-hmm. here, like the calm before the storm. Right. But no, it, it, the line <laughs> comes way earlier. But still in the movie, it, it feels like, like here we have that calm before the storm, like mm-hmm. the house itself is holding its breath. Mm. Do you know what else is going on in this in this shot where we're we're moving towards the door? Mm. I don't know if we have a lot of these that are that are shots of the house that are removed entirely from somebody's point of view, right? Isn't oh. it usually like we're with Chris as she walks to the house or with the yeah. he walks to the house? So that's yeah. how we explore the geography. But this is like this entirely objective um in the zoo you know, a zoom on its own is usually more yeah. objective than subjective. And and this one there is no character that we are the subject of exploring this. So this really right. does feel like it's from what I, I, I hate to say things like this, but it's from the point of view of the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cause you hate when, when people say that the house is a character. Uh, yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> the house is not a character. The house is a setting. <laughs> characters uh, are characters. <laughs> the snozberries taste like snozberries. No, they don't. They taste like wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made that joke already. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But no, like, like, yeah, because no, I'm, I'm trying to think back, Keenan. No, you're absolutely right. Because like we have had like tricky, spooky moments when the camera kind of like, you know, moves in between some furniture uh-huh. or something like right. that. And we're like, you know, it's not the character's point of view. It's more like we're spying on the character. Absolutely. Um, right. So it's either so it's either like it's either we're looking at something with the character or we're sneakily looking at the character <laughs> uh yeah but this one there's not like there's nobody there's nobody like here. there's nobody here it's just it's just it's moving in on that door like from a really really low point on the rug right it's not right. it's not like you know chris has had a cat this whole time or something <laughs> like that right which i would appreciate but yes yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so so no that's like that's a really good point um what would the like why why would we be doing that right now um, to remove ourselves from a character's point of view. Um, okay. yeah, I, I guess, I guess a little bit like what you're saying, it, it's like the house is breathing. The situation is, is breathing. Like the situation mm. is terrifying. Um, yeah. even removed from what the people are like. And mm. yeah, cause other than that, we don't get, there's not going to be a lot of time for breather, uh, no. later on. Um, we'll have We're gonna some, see a lot of breath, but <laughs> we won't be able to breathe. We're going to have a lot of conversation, but it's just rising action, rising action. Most of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is our last yeah. chance to mm-hmm. run out of the theater screaming and go see the paramedic who's been stationed in the lobby of the theater. <laughs> right, right. I thought you were it was like, like, like the paramedic was a movie or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see the paramedic. <laughs> yeah, calm down a little bit. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right next to The Exorcist. <laughs> there was a time in in grad school where I was I was drinking so much coffee, uh-huh. um, like so so much, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's grad school and you're just constantly doing things. And yeah. then my my heart would be racing all the time. So I went to the oh, yeah. the doctor, and they were like, "It's it's just the coffee." I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> don't say that. You don't know." Check my and so they made I made them do scans and stuff. I'm like, there's nothing uh-huh. wrong with uh-huh. you. You just have too much coffee, and yeah. I wouldn't believe them. But yeah, yeah I had a real like heart palpitation problem that I did to myself. Yeah. And I went to see um, Denis Villeneuve's uh, Sicario. Have you seen that? Uh, no, no. Terrifying. It's a, it's it's oh. an action movie, but uh-huh. it's so incredibly intense. And like it's DEA agents and they're going through this yeah. house and you know it's like rigged and there are people around every corner. And oh. I was sitting down in the theater and I'm like 20 minutes in. I'm like, I oh. need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get out of here and yeah. go and watch SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water <laughs> next door. <laughs> but but yeah so like like anyways the idea of like like needing breathers in movies and these things like like for me then it was like literal like i need to yeah yeah. but yeah here this this will be our last time when we you know uh, get to rest our hearts potentially maybe yeah this is it yeah and and like like even as we're we're resting like Mm -hmm. like the you know the the minute opened with them like getting ready for battle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but yeah, so we cut from here, and we are back in the study. Marin has finished speaking, and now Damien begins with something he feels he has to say. Um, he says, I think it might be helpful if I gave you some background on the different personalities Reagan has manifested. So far, I'd say there seem to be three. Now, Keenan, we talked about this in the last minute when Dimmy asked if... Marin would like to hear the background of the case first. And we both loved Marin's response to that, simply why. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, we, we kind of decided that like what, what Dimmy was doing in that minute was like, he thought he still had to dance uh, uh, for, for Marin. Right. Um, he had to, he had to kind of like prove himself. Um, is it more of the same here? Because like, it's almost seeming like he, he uses the word, manifest. Mm. He says Reagan has manifested three personalities so far. That wording makes it sound like he himself still doesn't believe and he is like talking to Father Marin as if he were Dr. Marin, like like a fellow doctor. Like mm-hmm. manifest implies that Reagan is sick and that she's manifesting symptoms or that she is lying. Because oh, right. like mm-hmm. otherwise otherwise he 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 would have said there appear to be three demons in her which I have identified so far. You're right. right. Absolutely. That's what he would say if he really believed in it. I hadn't thought about that. And he would still be wrong, but <laughs> right. like, like he would be less wrong. Like, mm-hmm. like, or is this like the previous minute, like more dancing, more PowerPoint? Like, I'm just giving you the facts and I'm, I'm going to put it on you to decide whether it's a demon or a sick girl. Cause look, we're going to cut in a second. And he continues a little before, you know, getting cut off by Marin. And he starts to say, she's convinced that, and then, you know, that's when he gets cut off. Hmm, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about I hadn't thought about that, Lester, to be honest. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is exactly what he would say. He would say there are three demons in her. Um, and, I, you know, here's what I know about the first demon. Here's what I know about the second demon, etc. Right. But he's not saying that. He's still talking about the girl doing this where right. Marin knows, oh, no, the girl isn't doing any of this. Yeah. He's he's here. Right. Marin is here. <laughs> They're putting on their 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 priest stuff. <laughs> I'm just like and and it is this way in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Like like he he is still 
getting bombarded by doubts, even as the exorcism is going on. I think I uh-huh. mentioned that. Right. Um, and I guess that's, you know, that's, that's Demi's big struggle. That's his, that's his, uh, like, you know, big arc, but yeah, like it just, after everything we've been talking about, it almost seems like, like backsliding. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. He probably doesn't even realize he's doing that. Right. Mm. So this is just, this is just Dr. Demi being yeah. Dr. Demi. <laughs> just jumping yeah. into that mode. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, because he's going to have to figure out it's through faith and that can't yeah. happen yet. So, right. right. So he's he's not equipped yet to deal with it with faith, which is, you know, that is the solution to the mystery, as, as it were. Yeah. But yeah. So, again, folks, we got Demi bringing what he thinks is good stuff to the table, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Father, Father Marin, you'll be you'll be proud of me. I, I've done my homework. Here's <laughs> here's all the info I've gathered. Listen to this. Right. And. We can see in the next shot, like we've cut, and we are now behind Dimmy over his shoulder, and we can see in Marin's face, he knows what Dimmy is hinting at, mm-hmm. and he cuts it off real quick with, there is only one. It's really interesting, the cutting off, right? Because mm-hmm. in, the, in the previous instance, he lets Damien finish his thought, and then right. he even gives him a little tiny time to keep going before he says, why? Why should I do this? Right. Right? But this one's like, no, we have to stop thinking about that for your own right. good. And like, we have to cut you off. Like, that is, that is a dangerous dangerous um thought path that you are going down right because it could be like okay this uh beetlejuice pazuzu that's coming out right that's third of the main one oh that yeah. might uh you know that's the bad one and then oh, if it switches to the other one we could trick ourselves into thinking oh we're winning or that means right. something at all or or you know it's weakening or this is one we could reason with and none of that is true oh okay i i see what you're saying so you're you're like like the the reason he cut him off was um like, like in response to there being like many demons, right. he's like, no, 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 no. No, that's that's, that's a dangerous idea that there's yes, many yes. demons. But even more dangerous, and I think mm-hmm. like like this is what Marin is is seeing on Dimmy's face and hearing in his words mm-hmm. is that this isn't real. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's very good. Because I, I think I think he's like he he cuts him off off rather like abruptly, uh-huh. and I think it's it's like it, it's almost like he's saying stop it. Right. Like like it's too late for that. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, folks, I think this is important, the the context behind these words, because unconsciously, I think I misremembered the full meaning of this line, even as mm. recently as as when we were uh, uh, talking here on the show about Howdy uh, speaking backwards and tricking Karis into thinking there was more than one demon in Reagan. Mm-hmm. Like, I would remember this moment coming up as the big reveal of how clever Howdy was that he got Karis to think it was multiple demons and how chilling when we find out together with Karis that there actually is only one. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought this was. But it seems to me right now in this scene that Karis hasn't even gotten that far yet. Mm-hmm. He he is still not recognizing this for what it is. And so Marin's there is only one is doing double duty. For, for Karis, the context is there is only one because it's a demon. Mm-hmm. And for us, who already know that demonic stuff is going on, it reveals to us how strong this demon is if there is only one demon doing all of this. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Keenan? I'm really interested in this reaction shot from Jason Miller because they leave it yeah. ambiguous, right? They don't they uh-huh. don't have him nodding or anything. So like like does he understand the full implications of what Marin is saying? Like like all the things yeah. that you're telling us here. Um because yeah. it, it's like he's you know, everyone's becoming a child in the presence of Marin. I think right. you're completely correct about that. And mm-hmm. Damien feels like that. He looks so small in the frame um, and mm-hmm. very young and and um, very childlike and right. 
they make his cheeks look fatter and chubbier by right, lighting right. him from below and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But like he's been reprimanded by his dad and he feels like it, yeah. it feels like he's stung by that part of it more than the theology of it or even like yeah. the the stuff that's going to happen in their operation. So right. I, I'm just fascinated by that. And he doesn't he doesn't like nod and go, OK, you're right, whatever. Or he doesn't right. like have a oh, what does that mean sort of a look? He just seems stung by making a mistake in front of the presence of Mary. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I want to talk more about that look Mm -hmm. in just a second. Um, That, yeah, when we we, uh, cut to his face. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I also want to just say one more thing about this line, right? Mm -hmm. There is only one, which I think is important. Throughout the life of this story, from book to movies, to parodies, to sequels, to prequels, to requels. Um, (laughs) And yes, even on this show, the question of the devil versus a devil has come up, Mm -hmm. right? The book says the devil, and then it switches to a devil. Uh, The movie says the devil, and then it doesn't switch back. And pop culture, you know, runs with that. And, you know, uh, that's why like all the skits and sketches, you know, feature the devil. Mm -hmm. And and even today, people are like, oh yeah, the exorcist, that's the one where the little girl is possessed by the devil. Mm -hmm. Um, And today, more and more people are saying Pazuzu. And listeners remember from previous uh, episodes, I personally don't think it's uh, the devil or Pazuzu. I I want it to be Legion for thematic reasons. Um, But guys, okay, all of that aside, whoever you think it is, whoever I think it is, whoever Friedkin thinks it is, whoever Blatty thinks it is, all I know is that when Marin says this line, there is only one, Mm -hmm. it sounds like he is talking about the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I remember watching this as a child and immediately understanding, oh, he's talking about the devil. And this got me thinking, very soon, they're, they're going to be doing the exorcism. Mm-hmm. And Marin is reading or he's uh, reciting uh, from the Roman ritual. And to me, it sounds like the Roman ritual is addressing the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Ancient serpent, betrayer of nations, begetter of death, prince of murderers, en- enemy of the human race. Like, these are, these are not titles for Pazuzu or Legion or, or any lowly demon. Like, the ritual at least is addressing Satan specifically. And I've seen this in other exorcism stories as well. Like, even the non-Catholic ones where, you know, like, like it's another devil and part of it is, is getting the demon to tell you its name. And, and like, but even there, the exorcism, the exorcism itself is still at least partially directed at Satan. And so like bringing it back to this minute, like whoever this demon is, when Marin says there is only one, I always read it as him talking about the devil. What do you think? You're right. The ritual talks a lot about Satan. So even as, you know, when Father David Mowry came onto our um, under show and was talking about um, the belief in unclean spirits and that there are right. unclean spirits out there. Um, but that it's, you know, under the auspices of everything that is evil and everything that is Satan, right? So right. the ritual has to address it towards the devil. Right. I think that's going to, again, complicate things when we start talking about Marin and his backstory, which we will get, talk about a little bit in this movie. But in uh-huh. the in the prequels, that is, that's what the whole thing is, is that they've seen each other before, etc. Right. So I don't know if that means the devil. I mean... In those, yeah. But again, you're complicating the canon when you're adding the the, the prequels and such. Yeah, it. Well, I I can still fit both of those things in my head mm-hmm. that that Marin knows that this demon is not the devil. Mm-hmm. He he remembers this demon from the previous battle they had. Right. But when 
Dimmy is foolishly going on about, it's like, oh, there's, you know, there's multiple blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Even then, even knowing that it's, that it's, you know, not the devil, it's Captain Howdy. Mm -hmm. When Marin says there is only one, he's not talking about the demon upstairs. He's Hmm, talking about like, he say like, like there's like, almost like he's saying there is only one cause of all this. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Right. Like he's like, it really is like, it doesn't even matter, you know, what the demon is called. He comes from the devil. Exactly. I think, I think based on what I've been learning about this and what father David was telling us that that's how that jives with that. Right. It doesn't matter what it actually is or what it calls itself because all of the evil comes from the one place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, folks, like what a line, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's another famous line from this story, right? And 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 both the delivery as well as the words like stop Dimmy in his tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, they stop all of us in our tracks, right? Like multiple times now, Marin has gently but firmly reminded us of what this really is, mm-hmm. right? Like he's like, I, I should like to see your daughter now. Yes, now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hear the background of the case first? Why? And now this, right? There is only one mm-hmm. right it's another gentle reminder that the title of the movie is not the sick girl <laughs> or the doctor right <laughs> the title is the exorcist this is an mm-hmm. exorcism right and even this late in the movie Marin is reminding everybody of this again I, I i would i would imagine that the book was originally supposed to be called legion because mm. that's you don't think so um no i mm, i never thought of that i mean I that's, was like, again, that's, that's the, the first sequel, right? Sto- right 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 that's the first yeah. story that's the first thing we read about is legion yeah um in the in the little quotes at the beginning and then mm-hmm. it, it's about it's about the legion story etc and right. then yeah and then he goes and rename he names the sequel legion so right right you know but he anyway so if 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 i'm correct about that i that's mm-hmm. what i would imagine was going on they change it to the exorcist for all these right. reasons that mm-hmm. make that work for this movie and this story yeah yeah well i'll take that that, mm-hmm. that goes more with my argument so i'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> right but he doesn't name it legion he names it the exorcist for all the reasons right. you're saying it's 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 about Marin, and then it will be about damien at the end that right title. it's about it's about the fight right. and it's about um like as charming as this demon is mm-hmm. he is not you know like like he, he is not deserving of the spotlight right, right? No, no hero of mine nope 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 i tell you what yeah, he's he's not even like uh, you know Milton's Lucifer. He's uh, you know <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so we cut from Marin. Mm-hmm. Now we are over his shoulder, looking at Dimmy. This is this is what you were talking about, Keenan. Mm-hmm. Looking at how Marin's line lands on him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like like tell me again, like what do you see on this face? Like you said, he's he, he like like a child who has been reprimanded by his father. Yeah, it seems like he's he's not as hurt by the idea that he's been wrong in the theology. He he, he mm. looks hurt like he's embarrassed that he made a mistake in front of the man, the father, right. the, the the exorcist. Yes, yeah, yeah. For me, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like my first my first thought was actually incredulity. Uh huh. Like, like he's seeing Marin for the first time and he's thinking, Marin is taking this a little too seriously. <laughs> um, like, like he's incredulous that Marin is treating this like anything more than like suggestive shock treatment. Right. Uh-huh. right? Or I can, I can also see in those eyes, and this is, this is what I hope is going on, Dimi is finally realizing Mm-hmm. That this isn't a game, right? He's he's having a moment of like, oh wow, I'm I'm really in this. Mm-hmm. Like this is actually happening. I'm I'm fighting a demon, right? The the weight and the severity 
um, has finally come home to him from those words. There is only one. Mm -hmm. Um, I see both of those things in his eyes. I want it to be the latter, but like you've opened up this third option of like, it it could be just neither of those. It just could be that he feels abashed that, uh, that, uh, that Marin bashed him. (laughs) It is this ambiguous, uh, thing. And yeah, Mm -hmm. the script, uh, ends with, Marin's line, but then, you know, a good director sees that there it's not just about the lines, it's about how you right. respond to the lines. And yeah, yeah, we don't give Damien another line um that's not in the script to to uh answer the ambiguity of what he's feeling in that moment. Right. It's just yeah. shocking. Like he's shocked, mm-hmm. and so then we're shocked too, and that's what we need. Right. And it's just like, yeah, just this pause. It's like nobody talking, it's just like like we're looking at Karis mm-hmm. um and looking at his reaction. And yeah, it's like so ambiguous that mm-hmm. we can kind of like fill in the gaps. Yeah. You know? Right. But yeah, I love this. It, like we cut back on Marin and whatever Dimmy is thinking right now, mm-hmm. like like however this has landed for him, Marin is done explaining, right. Mm-hmm. right? Like he kisses his stole and he doesn't even look up at, at Dimmy again. Like it feels like he's saying, it's like, I got work to do. Mm-hmm. You called me here, either keep up or, you know, go home, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to go do an exorcism. Right. Um, and we cut back to Dimmy and it looks like he's taken the hint, right? Like he hurriedly puts on his uh, surplus, right? Mm-hmm. But he can't resist another look at Marin. Like Marin's done with him. Right. Like he he said what he said and he's he's moving on. But Dimmy is still shook. And like <laughs> once once Marin has turned away, he can't help but like steal another look at him, right? Like just like Chris, like 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 once once uh you know Marin's eyes are down, like and he's sipping the coffee, like mm-hmm. you know, Chris looks at him. And as that was in this minute, and now like Dimmy's doing the same thing. Like he wants to like get a look at Marin. Yeah, they want they want daddy's approval. They yeah. No, it's exactly that. Like like we we keep on, you know, uh, punning on on, you know, fathers and the theme of fathers mm-hmm. in this thing, folks. But like Marin really is this this person that having just met him. Both our main characters, Chris and Karis, look to him like a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut and we are once again ascending mm-hmm. through the bars of the railing. We see Marin walking slowly, deliberately up the stairs to the second floor, to Reagan's room, to, although he doesn't know it, mm-hmm. his destiny. Mm-hmm. Um I know Dimmy comes back down these steps later. He has a whole conversation with Chris, but Keenan, I don't think Marin comes back down. I think this is it. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They have that moment on the steps, mm-hmm. but I don't think he ever comes back down to the first floor. Marin. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. No. And he's on the he's on the top or he's on the top of the steps, right? Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Dimmy comes down to the first floor. Mm-hmm. But couple different ways um but we'll get to that sorry um but no this this is it folks if we weren't feeling it before we're feeling it now as Marin and Karis walk up these steps we can hear the demon already and that is that is where they are going it is it is here in the book that uh Chris uh, uh thinks to herself how tall they both look mm-hmm. these two priests, and and by that I think Blatty means she's thinking how heroic they look, like the the picture of heroic virtue, straight and tall, like knights on their way to fight the dragon and save the princess, which is exactly what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And Chris has this moment where all she can see, like all she can articulate, even in her mind, is they look so tall, 
And I really love that detail. Right. I don't think Damien is actually tall because Father Kinderman right. makes fun of him, calls him Sal Mineo and John Garfield. Right. right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And and also compared to Mary. Oh, sure. Like he's right, got to right. be like even, even shorter. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's that's the thing is like them going up to this room, they just look tall. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's like there's there's an aura about them. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. But, you know, speaking of both of them, Keenan, I don't know how I feel about this cut as they're both going up the stairs. Do you see what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. There's a very, very prominent jump cut between yeah. the two of them. And we haven't used a lot of jump cuts in our movie except no. in the uh, like dream sequences, right? Where yeah. we're looking at one thing and then, bam, there's a howdy, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one is, uh, is, I think, very obvious, right? It doesn't look like uh-huh. we're trying to hide it or something. It's not like... No, yeah. no. Yeah, folks, just to just to kind of like um, uh, uh, break it down for you, like so so we're on Marin and we're following him up, and then it just cuts, mm-hmm. and we're looking at Karis going up the stairs. Right, like it, it's really obvious and really jarring, and it's to me it seems like a mistake, like they lost some film. No, I don't think. No, I, no, I don't think so. Um, okay, I don't think. I think this is pretty deliberate because the. So it's not. It's not a. It's not. We watch Marin walk up the stairs. The camera goes with him, and then we cut to Damien at the bottom of the stairs. Right. We, or it's not like so. So when I watch this mm-hmm. shot, I keep expecting it to like follow Marin up a little bit, mm-hmm. and then the camera would like stop, and Marin continues going up out of frame, and then there's like half a second where we just hold on the empty staircase, and then. Karis comes up into frame. Right. Like that's how like like I I I remember this shot going every single time I watch it and then it's like it's different, right? Right. Yeah, it is that the uh the camera follows Marin up and then it stops at a particular stair and then yeah. Marin continues up out of frame. Uh, and then before he fully goes up out of frame, um, basically when his eye touches the top of the frame, then we right. stay at the exact same elevation and Damien is moving his way up into the frame there. So it's we don't start back at the bottom of the stairs, which would right. be a, a jump cut that we would um, it, our minds would accept more easily. This is yeah. a purposefully jarring one that um, that kind of recreates like Damien becoming uh becoming Marin or you know mm, really following okay. in his footsteps like in the, on this metaphysical level but it is yeah. it is unlike any other cut that I could recall in the film outside of the dream sequences yeah yeah if if I had to explain this cut mm-hmm. and acknowledge that you know it was on purpose right mm-hmm. like like how you're explaining like this could be like Dimmy becoming Marin mm-hmm. I would say the effect that it creates for me um, is that time and space are glitching uh-huh. the closer <laughs> we get to Captain Howdy, uh, right? Yeah. Like whom we can hear is now in his full power. So so it's almost like he's affecting the film, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's a little bit too meta. That's, that, that's like what Beetlejuice would do. <laughs> that's but. what Beetlejuice would do, yeah. Or, yeah. or not, her name is not Reagan, but that's what Linda Blair would do in um, Repossessed, yeah. In Repossessed, right, yeah. It's like break. It, doesn't she? Yeah, she breaks the film at uh, one point, right? Or yeah. that's Gremlins 2, and I can't remember. But right, right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, it, it can't, it, it's almost certainly not a mistake because everything is in the exact same, every rail Ling is in the mm. same spot. Every line is in the exact same spot, except for the two priests across this cut. Yeah. So, yeah. so that that that's difficult to do. That's that's an intentional mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So from 
here we cut and we are at the top of that uh, first landing as the two priests continue their ascent. Enjoy your uh, ascent. Enjoy your ascent, yes. Um, uh, have a nice... No, 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 no. What did, what did what did the uh, the, the 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 priest go into the perfume shop for hmm? for a scent? <laughs> no, no, no. No. Um, yeah, Kinderman, he's 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 got a really he's got a he's got a nose for crime. <laughs> he's on. No, that would be the scent. That doesn't work. He's on a. He's not on the scent. He's on a yeah. scent. All right. Maybe he's on descent, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we follow them up. Um, first Marin and then Karis. And behind them, we can see now that all of the family is gathered up here. Mm-hmm. We see Chris, Carl, Sharon, and we assume Willie is also uh, uh, up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are all keeping guard or or holding vigil just outside Reagan's bedroom. And they are, they are participants in this solemn procession. Mm -hmm. And as the priests ascend, we see Carl move from his place by the railing. It doesn't look like he's moving out of the way. Um, cause he would have gone the other way. There's like another way that he can move out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, it looks like he's moving toward Marin, perhaps to like help him with something Mm -hmm. like, like this is an un, another unexpectedly like touching shot for me. Like everyone is up there. They they may not be able to go into the room, but they are gonna be as close as they possibly can mm-hmm. to Reagan while this is happening. At least in the beginning. I don't know if they know mm-hmm. um, how long this is supposed to take. Right. Um, we know, ev- and we know eventually that they they leave their posts uh, not because they don't care, but you know, maybe because they realize that they can better help Karis and Marin by like getting out of their way. And if they need anything like food or water or rest, uh, the family needs to be able to to function for them. Right. And I don't know if you could see at the bottom of the frame they've laid down hmm. a, a little line right at the door oh. that says patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I leaned in <laughs> and I bought that shit that you were selling. Right. I was like, oh, I didn't notice that. No Chris's or Sharon's or Carl's allowed. <laughs> yeah. Patriarchy. Right. <laughs> and then just like another little, uh, you know, the, the, the door opens just a little bit and, and you see one Chris and one Sharon <laughs> and one Carl. It's like, it says no Chris's. <laughs> We're allowed to have one. <laughs> exactly. Right. But yeah, so so uh, we cut again, and I love this reveal. Mm-hmm. The, the The shot is almost completely black at first, and then it's like the clouds part, mm-hmm. and we see Chris's face looking up, and we realize it was Marin's uh, body obscuring the camera. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's like Chris was in darkness, and Marin took the darkness away. Right. Um, she, she follows him with pleading eyes as he exits the frame, but then he comes back and you can see that this surprises her, uh, cause we're still on her face. It, it's so heartbreaking. Uh, this look that she's given him mm-hmm. just like pleading with him to save her daughter. But also you can see that she has climbed a little bit 
out of that pit of despair, mm-hmm. uh, and she is closer to hope. Um, these tears look fresh. Her pain looks fresh and sharp, right? She's not numb. She's not defeated. She is very alive and very aware, and the pleading in her eyes is desperate because maybe maybe there is a chance. Mm-hmm. And she's back to looking young again, you would say, right? Yeah. She looked older when she's in um, in the demon's throne chair. But yeah, she's back right. to looking yeah. like a child. Exactly, right? Yeah, like like even as, as, uh, as, as recently as in this minute, mm-hmm. right? Remember, folks, she was sitting in that chair and we talked about how like that's the oldest we have ever seen mm-hmm. her. And, but now, you know, she's standing here right outside this door. Marin passes her takes that darkness away and she's looking and like there there is hope right mm-hmm. um and that is where our minute ends on that hopeful note this is it folks we have arrived the final battle is about to begin we are standing at the gates of hell but even here there is hope even here hope endures for now that is all of my notes keenan is there anything else? No, I think we got it. Okay, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify uh, or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. All right, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the power of bro science compels you. Like, like nowadays, would it be like bruh science? <laughs> bruh. Yeah. It's just getting shorter and shorter, right? Oh, uh, right. <laughs> it's either, okay, it's either like, it's, it's, it's like on, on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's either getting shorter or ridiculously, you know, it's like brosif Stalin or. <laughs> brosif. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the power of broology, yo. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that was one. That was like, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to maintain muscle, uh, mm-hmm. one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, so yeah, so that's why protein shakes. Well, how do you know? How do you know that, bro? I just, I just, you know, it says it on the on the on the protein tub. <laughs> I do whatever the protein tub tells me to do, yeah. bro. Actually, bro, I think I think this was invented by the protein company. <laughs> No, I heard Neil deGrasse Brosen say it, man. <laughs> you know why? You know why toast always lands butter side down, bro? No, why, bro? Because life is hard. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> is Matthew McConaughey a bro? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs>